Welcome to the Mel Hammer Podcast. This is episode 163. I am Mel. Hello out there. Hope you're all doing all right. And um, before we carry on with this week's show, I should remind you that the latest issue of Mel Hammer magazine is out right this very second. It stars the one and only Gajira. It's an awesome issue. You can find it in shops around the UK or you can order it direct to your door from tinyurl.com slash gethammer. Uh, we also have some very cool Gajira bundles on the way as well that are about to be unveiled imminently so look out for those uh, and this week's show is dedicated to an interview that i did only yesterday with the one and only Rhea ripley she is the current defending wwe raw women's champion she's defending her title this sunday at wrestlemania backlash uh, and she's also a huge lifelong metalhead so he talked about her journey into metal how she got into the scene through bands like of mice and men and motionless in white and suicide silence uh, we talk about a history of wrestling as well how hard it was getting into wrestling come out of Adelaide, Australia, uh, and how she ended up bringing both those passions together to become, I think quite safely, the most metal wrestler in the world right now. It's a really awesome chat. She's a fascinating person. And uh, if you're a metalhead and you're a WWE fan, I know you're going to be rooting for her this Sunday at WrestleMania Backlash. So uh, without further ado, let's take it straight to the chat that I had with Rhea Ripley. Let's go. All right, I'm here with Rhea Ripley. How are you doing, Rhea? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> yeah, good, thanks. All good. Uh, I know it's a very busy week for you. You're defending the WWE Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania Backlash this Sunday against Asuka and Charlotte Flair. Um, that's a stacked match, isn't it? It sure is. It sure is. It's going to be absolutely crazy. I'm just mad that I can lose the championship without getting pinned. Uh, technicalities, <laughs> you'll be fine, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, I mean, you've had an amazing, amazing year and, and couple of years with WWE, really. And I guess your uh, incredible rise through the ranks of WWE has, has really kind of accelerated in the last few months. Um, but obviously, most of your main roster run so far has kind of been in front of no fans. So what's it been like making that step up into the big leagues, but having to do it where you're not able to feed off the kind of reactions to know that it's all kind of going as planned? <laughs> um. <laughs> It is very, very strange. It's very strange. Um, at least I've had like a whole year to sort of get used to it. But going into like a different brand and not having like the proper crowd reaction of like a live live crowd, it's just, it is very strange. And you don't know whether they're liking or they're hating what you're doing. So it's just like, you really got to pay attention to everything else, like social media, um what people are saying to you like feedback you got to really listen to everything else because it's just really really difficult yeah i can only imagine to be honest um we're going to take it right back as well because uh, uh, a lot of our uh, readers and listeners i'm sure will know exactly who you are some who aren't so familiar with wwe might like to know a bit of backstory um some of these facts may be taken from wikipedia so do correct me if i'm wrong on any of these <laughs> um uh, journalistic integrity and full flow here uh you were born in adelaide is that right yes Okay, cool. And is that where you grew up as well? So you spent most of your early life? Yeah, Adelaide, South Australia. Been there my whole life. <laughs> That's oh, cool. about it. What, was it. what was it actually like to kind of grow up in as a, uh, in the kind of early 2000s? Um, it was nice. It was relaxing. I really did enjoy my childhood. I was a very, like, outdoors kid. So I just, like, I played every sport that you could and I was, I loved camping. We would go camping all the time and it was great. My childhood was fantastic. I have no like real complaints about it. It was just 
family time was always fantastic and I love Adelaide, South Australia. I can't wait to go back home, to be completely honest. <laughs> oh, fair. That's fair. I'm sure it's uh, been difficult being uh, elsewhere during the pandemic. Um, now, there's obviously two main sides of your personality and, and uh, what you do that we're interested in. One is wrestling, one is metal. Um, <laughs> when it comes to the wrestling side of stuff, I read that The Miz was the wrestler that inspired you as a kid. Is that true? Yeah, The Miz, Triple H, and even CM Punk. I just... I don't know. I, I love them guys. Triple H was such a badass and he could beat anyone up. And then the Miz and CM Punk, they had that different side where they could just like talk for like forever. And I found that really intriguing and it was like always great to watch. I would be so kept like, I just, I don't know. I'd sit at the TV and I just watched them talk and I, I loved it. And even watching like the Miz wrestle, like it's just a different sort of style. Cause he, he isn't like, the biggest dude in the ring and he's normally a heel so he's normally running away and i i don't know it's just so different i love watching it <laughs> yeah it's, i mean was he kind of your first exposure to to wrestling what kind of hooked you in and made you think you know this this is beyond just a hobby this is something i'm really really invested in um yeah i mean triple h was the reason that i started watching wrestling i watched a match with him and rick flair and just the amount of brutality in that match alone, like, I was like, okay, I have to try this. I really want to do this. Because, like, I, I don't know, I've always been a brutal kid and I've played every sport. I loved soccer, I loved netball, I loved rugby, I loved karate, I loved everything, especially, like, the contact sports. So looking at, like, wrestling and watching how brutal it was sometimes, I just, I don't know, it really brought me in. I love, like, I love like weapons. I love all that sort of stuff. So like violence, violence. Yeah, I, I'm a very violent individual. <laughs> well, you've ended up in the right uh, line of work for that, right? If you're gonna get it out <laughs> sure. there, that's that's way to do it. Uh, what for kind sure. of environment was there um, in Australia at the time to actually pursue a career in wrestling? Because obviously over here in England, I guess it's kind of a similar scenario. Like we had some independent wrestling, but it wasn't really like the scene we know today. So if you kind of, once you decided, like, I actually want to do wrestling, I, I want to do this with my life, like, how do you even start doing that from, from Adelaide? Um, so I went on family holiday to Queensland when I was younger. And at that time, we had no idea that there was wrestling in Australia. Like, no idea. Had never heard of it. Had never seen anything about it. Just watched WWE and that was it. But when we were in Queensland, we stumbled across a wrestling flyer for one of the shows that was going to be on, I think it was the next day or something. And we're like, we have to go. Um, so we went to that show and I just had so much fun being in the crowd. I was like, the only like live wrestling I really saw was WWE when they came once a year. So it was real nice to actually watch another wrestling show with like people that I didn't know. So then when I went back to Adelaide, South Australia, I found Riot City Wrestling. Like, I looked it up. I was like, I got to find wrestling in South Australia. I have to. And I looked it up and we found Riot City and we went there for two years. And at that time, wrestling was like, it was so quiet. Like, no one ever talked about it. No one ever said that they liked watching wrestling because they were embarrassed most of the time, which sucks because I wish that someone would have said something to me. Um, but yeah, it's definitely grown a lot over the last few years. And I'm so happy about that because it was unheard of when I first started, like the crowds were, they were big, but they weren't as big as they are now. Like we had maybe a hundred to 200 people in the crowd. Now, sometimes they'll get like 500 and I'm like, yes, like finally, like wrestling's growing in Australia and 
more and more uh, superstars are coming out of Australia and going to like America, um, UK, um, Japan, like anywhere they can and they're getting their names out there and they're also getting the Australian wrestling scene out there too. So I'm so happy to see how far it's come and I'm glad that I get to be on the platform that I am and sort of represent Adelaide, South Australia and just Australia as a whole because like it's putting eyes on the promotions there and people are going on YouTube and they're watching them and they're just getting more viewers and it's, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's amazing to see how it's grown over the last 20 years. It's absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, as well as providing you with a career ambition, wrestling also eventually turned you towards one of your other major passions, which is metal. Um, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I read that one of your, the first kind of heavy rock songs you really got into was To Be Loved by Papa Roach because it was actually the theme song for Monday Night Raw. So is that, yep. that's how that whole thing started, is it? Yeah, for sure. I <laughs> I was a huge Papa Roach fan after that. Like that song, I don't know, it was just so catchy. I was like, I need to like listen to this more. And like, because I would watch Raw all the time, like I got to listen to it. And then eventually, you know how you go on YouTube and you're like listening to a band and then it's like a random playlist and the next one comes on. You're like, oh, this band's cool. It was sort of like that. And I just like listened to all these new like cool bands and I'd, I'd write down the names and then I'd, I'd download the songs and like listen to them and eventually it just like, I don't know, my love just sort of grew for it. And I would be in class in like high school listening to it when no one else listened to the same music as me. Oh man. But yeah, Papa Roach was definitely the beginning and I'm, I'm glad that wrestling could introduce me to that. <laughs> Amazing. Um, it's, it's funny because my next question was going to be, how did you go about discovering bands in that time? Because I'm in my <laughs> mid-30s, so I still I still just come from the time of like CDs, right? So you would yeah. go through to YouTube and get through to stuff. So did you kind of discover albums that way? Would you get into whole albums or was it more like you build like playlists and, and just get into different songs and just spread the love for metal around that way? Like how did you kind of really get stuck into metal? It was more like just random playlists. Um, like I just, I tried to find as many different bands that I could find. And then like, it's weird. Cause I, I sort of like, I found my bands, like my group. And then I didn't want to download like more songs. So I sort of just like stuck with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've, I've been stuck with them since high school. Um, and then like, normally I'll, I'll listen to more from the bands and then it will get to like the whole album and I'll listen to everything. But um, yeah, it's just like, there's so much good music out there. And even now, like I'm slowly starting to like let myself find <laughs> new bands. <laughs> well, who, who was the first band that you really, even if it wasn't kind of on an album level, who was the first band that you really felt like you clicked with after Papa Roach? Like, I know like you're a big Suicide Silence fan, for instance. That was that like, one of the early bands you got into at that time. Yep. Um, most, uh, not Motionless White, sorry. Um, of Mice and Men. They were one that I really connected with when I was like growing up. So, like, I was definitely fully into them growing up. They were my number one band for sure. Um, now, I love Motionless and White. I, I just absolutely love them. Awesome. What, what, what is it this kind of uh, that made you gravitate towards them more recently? Um, I don't know. I don't know what it would be. I think it's just their style of music. And I, I also love watching their um, music videos as well. I get so distracted watching them. Like sometimes, sometimes I'll just play them and I'll sit there watching them like a movie for like hours. I'm just like, they put so much effort into it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, they're it. one of the, the bands, I, I think there, there are a few bands that came around in that kind of mid noughties, late noughties metalcore scene that 
sounded great, but maybe didn't have a whole lot going on visually. But kind of Chris and, and Motionless and White really brought that, th- that sense of theatricality back to to that kind of portion of metal metal bands, yeah. right? So like it, when you get into a band like that, it's not just about the music, it is about the way they look, it's about the art form, it's about the videos, Everything. and they really kind of created a world around themselves. Everything, everything. And I, it's funny, because I still remember the first time I got to see them live, it was at Soundwave in Australia, and I didn't know that they were playing at that time. And like, at that time in my life, I only knew like a couple of their songs, but I really still wanted to see them live, because like they're just, they're so cool and I got to see like a few of their live performances on YouTube so I was like I really want to see them and I didn't realize that it was a time and I honestly like from like a hundred 150 meters away I heard the song that I know and I was like oh my god and I just like I left my friends and my family behind I sprinted did the festival sprint yeah yeah and you could just see me I was running and I just jumped straight into the middle of the mosh pit and they're like where'd she go (laughs) excellent it That's was amazing. So much fun. <laughs> um, you mentioned that just now as well that kind of you said people used to kind of take the mick out of you and 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 pick on you a bit for for the way you were. What was all that about? That was that to do more with being like a metal fan or just a general outsider or what was what was that about? Um, it's a bit of everything, really. Um, I got. <laughs> it's funny because like at the time I don't, I don't really stand up for myself a, a, at all, to be completely honest. But like. I'd sit in class and I'd listen to like my music and I'd get carried away and I'd start head banging and then I'd start like singing along to it and like <laughs> moshing out a little bit in class and then I'd look over and my friends would be laughing at me and like filming me and all that sort of stuff. So like I didn't really fit in with that sort of stuff. I didn't listen to any of the same music as they did. And then also just like my appearance, I've always been a bulkier sort of child. Like I've always had muscle, I've always had broad shoulders. I've never really fit in in that way and I've always been picked on for that as well so I've always felt like somewhat of an outsider um with every single friend group that I had except for the wrestlers mm. that's when like, say, I felt like all us outsiders sort of came together and made our own little group <laughs> yeah because I was, I was going to say is that kind of a, a good example of where wrestling kind of appealed to you as an outsider because it is a place where strong women athletic women are are really celebrated yeah for sure um I definitely felt more normal (laughs) being with my wrestling crew even though at the time I was 16 and they're all like in their late 20s early 30s I still felt like they were my my crew and my squad so like and we all listen to the same music too, which was fantastic. Like every time we'd go into the gym and like work out before wrestling training, my coach would be blasting heavy metal, like absolute blasting it. And Amazing. it just made the environment so good. And I think that's what made my love for heavy metal even more as well. Amazing. And um, one of the things that's influenced you uh, in terms of bringing that, that metal side of your personality into your, your aesthetic and your, your kind of wrestling character for want of a better um, is um, you've introduced the kind of deathcore stomp into your entrances, which I love. And uh, I kind of mentioned, you've said before, you're a Suicide Silence fan. I was wondering if that was like a Mitch thing specifically. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's um, the luck of stomp. <laughs> Amazing. So so how did you get into Suicide Silence? When did they first kind of come into your life? Um, when I was listening to Of Mice and Men, um, one of their songs popped up on the playlist and um, I sort of just started listening to them from then. And I was really like, I love that all the bands I listened to were very, very close with each other as well. 
So like every time they'd go on tour, they'd all like be hanging out and like post photos. And I love the click they had with each other. That whole group, like even like, they're not as heavy, but like Pierce the Veil and Sleeping With Sirens, like mm. all those group of dudes, they all like hung out together and they were like a band family sort of thing. And they were the sort of bands that I listened to. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I really, I really liked Suicide Silence and also just like their film clips as well. They're always yeah. fantastic to watch. I just, I don't know. I just, I, I, I just fell in love with them and I still do. Like I still have my Mitch Lucker Memorial shirt that came out ages ago and it's still my favorite shirt. I still wear it at least twice a week, <laughs> at least. Like I try and wash it to wear it. How, how old are you when he died if you don't mind me asking because i'm just thinking you know I, I was already working at metal hammer by then and it was it was awful news when that came through but it, like as a kind of a young fan i can imagine that hit you in a whole different way yeah for sure so that was like 2012 so that's when i first started wrestling so i would have been 16. wow so that must have been a really difficult thing for a young fan to have someone you looked up to so much suddenly just gone yeah it was horrible and like the way that he went as well was absolutely horrible mm. Um, I remember going to my friend's house, like we had family friends and they were the people that I watched wrestling with and the people that I listened to music with and their daughter, she loved Mitch as well. And I found out and I went straight to their house and we just cried. We just cried for like a good couple of hours in her room until we calmed down. It was just such a sad day. And like, it still is sad thinking about it and it should have never happened. It should have never yeah. happened. But it felt like I a mean, very unnecessary thing. Yeah, for sure. It's it's always sad when someone that you like look up to or admire just like passes away. It definitely does suck. But I mean, his legacy is still here. Yeah, so. of course. And you're and you're carrying it on yourself with that entrance, which is such a cool but subtle way. It's 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 what kind of those things that metalheads like. It's like if you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had a few people comment on it on like social media. I'm like, yeah. Awesome. You know, you know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, you've also got your music, which is metal as hell. You've got Ash from New Year's Day on there. Um, how did she get involved in, in that song? And how did she end up actually singing you to the ring at WrestleMania this year? That must have been a cool moment. Oh, it was absolutely amazing. Um, so when it came to like making my music, I, I told them that I wanted something like the song that I had at that current time that I couldn't keep, uh, Final Straw. I love that song and I thought it was cool. And the way that like it was a woman singing it and I like that um so when they wrote this new song for me they just got Ash Costello they didn't even ask me they just got her and I was like oh that's that's bloody sick <laughs> I'm not gonna complain at all I love Ash Costello oh my god I was like that's actually really bloody cool um and then like just being able to sort of have this music and and grow a friendship with Ash that I didn't think that I would ever have. It's like super awesome as well to have her and New Year's Day come to WrestleMania and play my entrance out to the ring. Like that was such a special moment for me. And like my inner child my was like marking out while being on, stand, on stage for so many different reasons. Like I was marking out that I was performing at WrestleMania and that I had like Ash and New Year's Day right next to me and they're also like so excited and we get to like be excited for each other I don't know it was just it was such a cool moment and it was definitely one of my highlights yeah you joined you joined a kind of quite unique little group of 
of wrestlers when that happened because you had like Triple H, obviously had Lemmy um, playing him down to the ring. CM Punk had Living Color playing him down to the ring. And it's kind of like such an unusual opportunity when you've got these two such huge passions, wrestling and heavy music, and you get to combine them on, I mean, the biggest platform imaginable for the biggest moment. I just can't imagine what that was like. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it definitely made my WrestleMania moment very special. Very, Amazing. very special. And like, I'll have so many, I got so many memories from that day, like just chilling with the band and trying to like go through my entrance with them. And like, I don't know, just seeing how excited they were to be there as well. It's just, I love how wrestling and music can bring so many different people together. I really yeah. do love it. It really can. Um, and on that note, it seems like the kind of further you've got on with WWE and I guess even in your wrestling career in general, like the more, your on-screen persona kind of reflects the real you, certainly in terms of like your taste, the person you are being alternative, being a metal fan, you know, the logo they played to you in the music um, that you come down to, your theme song itself, the death cause stomp. I mean, why do you think that part of your personality has ended up coming through so strongly and also actually help people click with your character even more? Um, I think cause that's just like the real me. I think that's always the best wrestling character per se character. Um, I think that's always the best in wrestling to be yourself, but like a 10 times version. Um, so the only difference between like Rhea Ripley and me is like Rhea Ripley's super confident. <laughs> Where that's I'm a weird like, thing. I was watching a documentary with my girlfriend last night about um, Sasha and uh, Charlotte uh, when they did yeah. the Hell in the Cell. And my girlfriend's not a big wrestling fan. And she, she watched it and she kind of went, it's so weird how they're so like chill and normal on camera. But then when they go into the ring, they're like these superheroes. It seems yeah. like it's hard to kind of pair those two things together. I know. It's so strange. I'm like, I don't know where all this confidence comes from when I go out there. But it, it does. Because like in my normal day life, like I'm, I'm just like a quiet, like sort of shy person. I'm just like, eh. Like I'll sit in the corner by myself. I don't mind. <laughs> but like... Amazing. At work, I'm just like this whole different animal, but it's like the true me that I wish I could present in everyday life. <laughs> when you think about that, I mean, and think as well about the fact that you know people did used to pick on a bit, people used to treat you a certain way because the way you dressed and your taste and stuff. Like, I mean, how important do you think it is to be able to have a person like you and like the character Rhea Ripley on mainstream TV in 2021? Because I'm sure there'll be a lot of young women who might look a certain way or are into certain things and dress a certain way that look to you as an example of like I'm represented that's awesome yeah dude, it's it's amazing I am so thankful that I could be that person for everyone like the amount of messages that I get on like Instagram about how people are so happy that I'm within WWE because it makes them feel confident within themselves and it makes them accept themselves for who they are like that's so special and that makes me so happy like, that's the one thing that I really want to get across to everyone is, like, just to be themselves and be happy with themselves and love themselves because, like, if anyone, like, people love to judge others. It's just what people love to do, and unfortunately that's the truth. But let people judge you is as long as you love yourself for who you are and you portray yourself as the true you, then you can't really go wrong, like, if people don't like you, they don't have to be in your life. The the true ones will stay. And I just want people to be comfortable within their own skin because I didn't really have that too much as a kid. 
so I'm glad that I could help other people like actually love themselves yeah it's amazing and it definitely feels like a, a kind of sea change in the way alter- the alternative is is treated in the mainstream which is great um yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here do you think you're the most metal wrestler ever and if not who's more metal than Rhea Ripley <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um because hmm. I mean I know I, I, there's there's some contenders but when you see you do the entrance and everything else I'm like uh, yeah, that's pretty much as metal as it gets. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm pretty metal. <laughs> that's the pool quote right there, Rhea Ripley. I feel like I'm pretty metal. <laughs> like <I'm> pretty metal. <laughs> no one's arguing with you over that. Do you know what I mean? Um, what about, okay, so what about wrestling itself then? Do you think like wrestling has got more metal than ever? Because it feels to me as a, as a fan of both forms that like you can see the alternative culture being represented in WWE and in, in numerous other promotions like never before. Yeah, oh, definitely, especially in NXT. I feel like that's where metal really thrives. And I absolutely love that about NXT because it makes it so different and unique. And yeah, I think that they're really like catering to like my metal people, which I love. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we see, like, we've seen like bands like Power Trip and Code Orange, and I think the NXT theme is Slipknot at the moment, right? So I think so. Yeah, I think it still is, which is amazing. Like, <laughs> so crazy. I love it. Like, I didn't, I didn't even know that song before it was on NXT, unfortunately. But like now, I know it, and I, I downloaded it straight away as soon as it got changed to Slipknot. I was like, oh, this is a banger. <laughs> it's so cool because you wouldn't think of people not kind of knowing Slipknot or be, or knowing certain Slipknot songs at this point yeah. in time. But like the idea that wrestling is turning new people onto Slipknot, like that's just so awesome. That's so exciting that it has the power to do that. Yeah, no, for sure, definitely, and it's it's great because then you'll get little kids growing up and they'll be just like me. <laughs> exactly. That's what we want. We want more Rhea Ripley's. Um, <laughs> really quickly, talk to me about your finish of the Riptide because the pump handle, I remember Road Dog doing that in the Attitude Era, right? And like, at the time it was a cool finisher, but like, it wasn't kind of seen as like, you know, like a stunner or a switch of music or a tombstone. It wasn't yeah. kind of like one of the top tier finishes. And you've kind of brought it back as like the one of the most badass finishes. So where did that come from? It's like a, as a move that you decided to bring back into the into the conversation? Um, honestly, it was just a move that hadn't been done for a long, long time. <laughs> but it works, because now when you do it, it's like, bam, like it looks legit. Yeah, I, I do throw people down a bit viciously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's that violence coming back in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just so hard to think of like, a finisher that I could do and that I could do to anyone and pull out of sort of anywhere that wasn't like an RKO that was already being used and like a big deal. Like it was really, really difficult to find something, especially because like in NXT, when I was there to begin with, I wasn't a big name. So I couldn't just like be like, this is my finishing move because then someone would go and do it on TV and I'm like, well, can't use that now. <laughs> so like, I'm like, no one really likes the pump handle for some reason. So, like, let me do it. And I practiced it a few times, got better and better with it. And now I feel like I finally, like, perfected it, which is great. Um, And it's done the job for me a few times, so I can't really complain. (laughs) I guess that's where it's like, obviously, we're used to seeing really athletic women in WWE, but, like, those kind of big power moves as a finisher isn't something we're quite so used to seeing in that division. So that's quite a cool thing to see as well. 
Yeah, for sure. I definitely wanted a power move. That's 100% what I wanted. But I wanted something that I could do on anyone as well. Um, so pump handle is it's fantastic. <laughs> awesome. Uh, finally, you mentioned they were you kind of started getting into a few more bands. You finally broken out of the, the mid-2000s playlist uh, core. Um, are there any kind of newer bands you're really into at the moment that you'd like to shout out or anything you're listening to right now in general that you're really high on? Um, I still love my Motionless and White. I'm still listening to them every single day. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Amazing. Still- what, what's on your hoodie? Is that a metal band? No, this is actually Blackcraft. Oh, it's Blackcraft. Of course it is. So the <laughs> font was so metal, I couldn't even read it. I know, right? <laughs> I love this jumper. It's definitely been worn good. Um, <laughs> Amazing. But um, I just started listening to um, Attila, actually. And I oh, don't cool. know how he scream raps so quickly. Yeah. It's very intriguing to me. Like, I, I listen to it and I try and, like, mimic it because i also like i love singing along to the songs even though i suck like, I, I was gonna really say can suck. you can you do a death growl because I, I certainly can't <laughs> no i can't do it at all <laughs> i i suck at singing in general um but i really do try in the car and it's so hard to like keep up with him and i'm like how do you do this so like they're one that i've just started listening to and i i I find them really entertaining. <laughs> awesome. Well, look, I think uh, I think our time is uh, just about up here. So, Ria, thanks so much for talking to us. Good luck on Sunday. We're obviously all going to be uh, be rooting for you, everyone in the world of metal, wants you to keep carrying the torch. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining us, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up again soon. No problem at all. Thank you so much. Let's hope that I can pull out the win. <laughs> yeah, come on. Riptide for life. <laughs>